On this week's episode of the High Impact Man podcast, we're going to have a PAX by the name of Kyle Borden, known as Maxime in the gloom. He's going to come on and uh, spend some time with us talking about his journey as a young lad growing up in Wellsboro, Pennsylvania, and how he made his way to being the Nantan of F3 Pittsburgh and ultimately became the Northeast Sector Q for F3 Nation, for all of the New England states up here in Virginia and uh, other other regions in our neck of the woods that we come at you from in F3 Susquehanna Valley. But Maxime's going to share his story, his journey of uh, finding F3, how it changed him as a man, uh, more importantly, though, how it changed him as a husband and as a father. And uh, it's a great story. He's got great words of wisdom, great words of encouragement. So sit back and enjoy this episode of the High Impact Man podcast. Welcome to the High Impact Man podcast. High impact men from across the nation sharing their stories of inspiration, encouragement, and hope. Gosh, seek transformational relationships. What you're hearing from the culture is not right. Pick up the six, you know what I mean? But you never know who your six sometimes is. Stop being less. To help others become the virtuous leaders they are called to be and that our nation desperately needs. Fly, eagles, fly on the road to victory. No, you have not tuned into the wrong podcast. This is the High Impact Man one podcast. One to finish the season? Take it easy, dial up. Actually, one and eight, I Listen, guess, if you had the playoffs. It's a new season now. It's started over. It is a new season. Because when this airs, it's going to be true. the 19th. And we'll have found out whether we were wrong or not. Yeah, we, we, uh, well, we, we'll we're recording this episode. on the 5th, so the Super Bowl hasn't been played yet when we're recording this. Yeah. And we made our, our predictions uh, that you heard on the podcast last week. If you haven't, go back and listen to it. But... That means it's a new season. It is a new season. Everyone's O and O. That's right. Yep. And our man, our guest, <laughs> F3's Maxime, he is a diehard Eagles fan. We're going to get to him, and I'll tell you why he's a diehard Eagles fan. But first, got to introduce myself. My name's Nevin Gorky. I am known as D-Fib to all the guys in F3, and I'm joined by Troy Klinger. He's known as Dial-Up to all the F3 dudes out there. So Dial-Up, when this airs, the other thing that's going to be happening is I'm going to be in the Caribbean. Ah, that's true. I'll be thinking about you, man. Yeah, running laps around the ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have um, or in a treadmill or yeah, whatever. Probably a treadmill. That ship's uh, got the February, track's kind of tiny. Can, you can't slack here. You got February Fortitude going February on Fortitude. in three Susquehanna Valley. Yeah, F3 Susquehanna Valley. I came with this idea. We're going to spend February doing like the May Challenge thing. We get points. So we made it simple. You get a point for every Merkin you do. Hundred points for every mile you run. Hundred and fifty points for every mile you ruck because plus bonus weight, bonus points for weight, bonus points for the weight, and that's it. That's the only points you can yeah. get. Keep it simple. Running, rucking, and merkins, baby. There was some debate. Some guys wanted to count skiing. Yeah, well. Downhill skiing. <laughs> like, right. No, not going <laughs> to do that. And, but uh, I'm going to have to order my points on the boat. But the yeah. cool thing about this is it's it's partners, but you don't know who your partner is until it's over. Yeah, mystery. Yeah, so at the end of the month, we're spin some kind of wheel that Beach Ball has, and it will we'll randomly get our partner, and then we'll know who the, t- the winning tandem it's is. It's like ghost accountability. Yeah. Or mystery accountability. Mystery accountability. I've been averaging in the 800. Every every day so far, I've been in the 800s. Good work. And uh, I'm already fi- 500 today. I got to do f- some more Merkins. Yeah, I got Yeah, I had a, had a good run, but not many Merkins today. Yeah, well, so. I'll be doing Merkins all over that cruise ship. And it's sold out, so there'll be a lot of people. Hopefully, Hopefully I don't see. have to do CPR on this trip. <laughs> I hope I don't have to, right? <laughs> hope I don't have to do it and hope I don't need it. That's right. 
All right. Well, our guest today is Kyle Bordner. He is known in F3 world as Maxime. For those who are not, for those not familiar with F3, it stands for Fitness Fellowship and Faith. And it is a free organization for men. We do outdoor workouts. It's all with all the workouts have to be outdoors. That's one of the few core principles we have. And it's free of charge. And what we do is we work out hard together, which develops our, our fellowship, tighter bonds of fellowship. It increases our faith and our impact on our communities. And we, the goal, the mission is to develop virtuous leaders. And our mission here at the High Impact Man podcast is to bring men on to tell their stories in order to encourage, inspire, and motivate other guys to be virtuous leaders. Aye. Aye. And uh, our guest today is Maxime from Pittsburgh. Maxime, welcome to the podcast, brother. Uh, grateful and very honored to be with you guys. Appreciate the invite. Yeah, and Maxime is uh, the Northeast Sector Chief. When you break out the net, down the, the, well, the world chief. in sectors, right? Yeah. But in America, Northeast Sector, you're the America. chief, brother. Yep, Master Chief. Uh, cover uh, the New England area down to Virginia and the western border of PA. So got a lot of territory, a lot of opportunity, a lot of great guys in this sector. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, and I said he's an Eagles fan because he's wearing an Eagles hat, Eagles shirt, and he has an Eagles tattoo. So he's got me beat. <laughs> Hardcore. Yeah, baby. And there's oh, the flag that. on the wall. Super Bowl, Super Bowl champions. champions. Go back a few All years. All right. But- He's officially my favorite guest. Yeah. My favorite guest. We did, we did joke, though, before we came on the air here, though, that there, there's a Pitt Panther flag and a and a uh, or a Flyers pennant. The, the Flyers is the interesting one there, I think. Uh, I, mean, if, I guess, no. Yeah. He, goes, he goes Philly, but he's out yeah. in Pittsburgh, not cheering for the Pens. Broad Street Bullies, baby. Yeah. I want to make sure I'm hated wherever I go. Being a Pitt fan near State College and a Eagles fan and Flyers fan down here in Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, so you're a home, <laughs> you're a homegrown Pennsylvania boy. We don't have you might, you might be the first one that we've had on here that was not a member of our packs. True, I think I'm remembering correctly. True, yeah, and uh, yeah, he's a he's a Wellsboro. You guys are what the Hornets, right? Wellsboro Green Hornets. Green Hornets. Green that's Hornets. It. Yeah, not just Hornets. Green Hornets. I've been to Wellsboro a couple times. I tried to get there once. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'll tell that story sometime, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Maxime, so the first thing dial up like to before you tell us how you got involved with F3 and how long you've been doing, who we HG and all that cool stuff, we got to play the game where Dialing Up and I try to guess how the guest got his name. I, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I have no freaking clue this time. I, I don't even know. I don't even know whether I have a guess. Yeah, Maxine. For, for this one. Like, I don't know what the what the reference might be. I don't either. Um, and you're better at, than, at this than I am. I just, I, and I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm cheating just like Maxime. Like, just to see if there's, like, some Google reference that I'm Googling like, Maxime. Nothing. I got nothing. Nothing. I got nothing. This is a made-up word. I think it's a made-up word. But you Max. Know, you know, Thor said all words are made up. Max. He's right. Max. Maxime. I don't, I don't know. Something big. Maxime. I have no idea. I got Maxi pads. No. No, that would be cool. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I'm lost. I'm, I'm just totally going to tap out. Yeah. Do you got anything? No, I got nothing. I yeah. got nothing. All right. So I we just got to hear. You just got to tell us the right, story, Max, dude. We're just going to get this name. We're gonna tap out and surrender. Yeah. There's a lot of buildup for a not a very exciting story. So, <laughs> uh, as we mentioned, Flyers fan in Pittsburgh. So, Maxine Talbot was a dirty player. He ended up playing for the Flyers, but he played for yeah. Pittsburgh. Oh. And he was known for being a uh, dirty player when the Flyers would come to town. So uh, they were going to name me Sidney Crosby, which if that happened, I wouldn't be talking to you guys. because <laughs> uh, 
All right. Maxine yeah. Talbot. Yeah. Most on. Now that you say that, that I, I know the name. I know the name. I'm never, never went there. Yeah. Disappointed in didn't, you, brother. Didn't connect. You're, you're, you're a, a Pittsburgh uh, flan. Flan. You're flan. Fan. Not a Flyers fan. A Pittsburgh fan. Yeah. I'm not a hardcore hockey your name? fan. But Penguins. You're a Penguins, Penguins fan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. What are you gonna do? Dropped the ball there. My bad. Yeah. All right, man. Cool. So, how did you? Uh, I, how'd you get? Tell everyone how you got involved with F three. Like, who eh you? What's the story there, man? Okay. So yeah, I um, I worked for uh, an oil and gas company as an environmental person, and uh, one of the safety guys told me about this group that he would rock with Friday mornings at five thirty. Um, I live about an hour away from the Pittsburgh uh, region, so. Uh, and he told me about this group he hikes with and rucks with on Friday morning. Said, yeah, that sounds great, man. But I'm not getting up at, you know, 3.30, 3.45 in the morning to drive an hour to walk with you guys for an hour. <laughs> so a couple months went by. Uh, I was always going to the Y. You know, I've always enjoyed lifting and, and working out. Um, and then, as everybody knows, COVID hit in early 2020 and everybody was forced out of the gym. Luckily, I had some dumbbells and stuff was working out in my garage. But he told me while we were on a site one day that, the workout group he with that he rocked with went virtual. And I asked, how do you rock on Zoom? Like, that makes no sense. He's like, oh, no, it's just six days a week, you know, boot camp, cinder block, sandbags, you know, all these crazy workouts. I'm like, man, you did not tell me that when you first told me about this group walk with on Friday. This sounds awesome. you got to let me get in on this. Yeah. And then a couple of weeks went by, you know, no Zoom link, no follow-up. So I ran into him again. I said, hey, man, please send me that Zoom link. This sounds really awesome, you know couple weeks went by and I finally courted him like look please send me that link I'm going to force it out of you if you don't give it to me so I had to beg to be EH'd by a pack named Zorn uh, who was originally from Pittsburgh now in the Kansas City area uh, but eventually he gave me the Zoom link and I joined F3 on the virtual Zoom uh, on May 14th of 2020. You know that's interesting so. because I, sh- I planted the shovel flagger May 21st 2020 didn't I? I think so. I think that was the date. Yeah. And so you joined F3 seven days before we planted our shovel flag here. So most of the guys, Uh, at least the Redwoods here, all started when you started. Yeah, it was fortunate, too, because honestly, you know, given the distance and everything, I don't know if I would have been motivated to come drive an hour for, you know, a workout, because obviously it's very hard to describe what a workout is and everything that you get once you become ingrained in F3. Uh, in a region and across the nation. So uh, COVID was the best thing that could have happened because it forced uh, the opportunity to join virtually, join the culture, embrace the fellowship. And then once everything went back live, it was a no-brainer. I I hop in the car and drive every morning. Very grateful that I did. Sweet. Very cool. Yeah. And that's really commitment, right? Driving that far every all that time. All right. Well, well, before we get more into your F3 story, because uh, Maxime was a Nantan. He became the Nantan of the region, and now he's the chief of uh, the Northeast sector. So we're going to get into that story. But first, we got to back up the clock and uh, have him tell us what life was like for little Maxime. Mini meme or something like that. That was bad, wasn't it? Yeah, so... (laughs) um, Yeah, so... Kyle Borden, 37, Maxine, grew up in Wellsboro, Pennsylvania, um, about a half hour north of the New York State border, about two hours north of State College, uh, known for the PA Grand Canyon, yeah. um, and that's about <laughs> it. Uh, but very, very popular uh, place to go watch leaves in the fall and lots of great hiking in that area. So very blessed to grow up in a, in a beautiful area. Um, 
graduated in 2005 from high school, went to Mansfield University, which is the town adjacent to Wellsboro. Uh, graduated in 2009 with a physics degree, which I have not used since. Um, <laughs> let's see. I uh, played football in high school. Uh, enjoyed working out, you know, all that good stuff. And um, moved out of the area in 2014 uh, when I went to work for an oil and gas company down in uh, near the Jane Lee, West Virginia area, and then relocated up to Denora, PA, which is a town south of Pittsburgh in 2017. So I've been in this area of Pennsylvania uh, for about seven years now. Sweet. So he's a man from our neck of the woods. All right. We cannot let this go. You know what's coming, right? Oh, I know. <laughs> so you made reference to the Pennsylvania Grand Canyon. All right, let's let us let us just be honest. It's not as grand as the Grand Canyon, but it's it's a it's a pretty big valley nestled along uh, Pine Creek, right between all the mountains. It's pretty hard to miss. It's <laughs> no, pretty. It's not, no, it's not. It's it's pretty easy to find. But the guy <laughs> sitting to my right, known as Dfib, went looking for the Pennsylvania Grand Canyon one time with a Zem. Yeah. And failed to find it. Yeah, we ended up it. turning around and coming back home because they couldn't find the Pennsylvania yeah, Grand. Yeah, so you know it's not <laughs> quite as bad as it seems because Pine Creek is the creek that goes through it. Yes, and it runs for a lot of miles, probably seventy miles. Oh, I know because up through the right. Grand. So it's a seventy-mile-long yeah. canyon, right? That you couldn't find. No, so we were <laughs> we were leaving from Danville. So just to give you an idea, Danville to Williamsport uh, is about forty five minutes, a little less than an hour, and just past Williamsport is Jersey Shore, right? So you hear or whatever excuses. there. So we were going to pick up the road that travels along the rails to trails thing, which goes along Pine Creek. I was mm-hmm. just going to pick it up there and drive up to the Grand Canyon, and it was a great time of the year. It was the fall foliage was out. It was beautiful. And my wife and I were going to do a little hiking and, you know, then afterwards get a little lunch. And instead of just going up Route 15 to Wellsboro, I decided to follow the rails to trails thing just to follow the creek. And one of the things that happens when you get up in that neck of the woods is there's no cell phone reception. So now I have no GPS. So I was driving, just trying to follow the creek with no method of getting directions and uh, I missed the days of my road atlas. I might have been able to pull that out, but I didn't have it. So um, <laughs> about three hours later, we finally pulled off to the side. <laughs> oh, the area where the creek is, because the road doesn't always follow the creek. It like meanders off this way and that way. And, you know, so then I ended up in this one section, this little bridge over the creek, and there's a little parking area. And there was like a bulletin board, there, a big board there where like the map is like, going to look at it like, you are here, and Wellsboro was, like, way up this. I said another, like, 45 minutes drive to get there. And we've already been out there for, like, three hours. Yeah. And so now we're hungry. <laughs> and so my wife, do you want to do it? Because we, we'll get up there, and by the time we get out there and start hiking, it's going to be, like, almost another hour The Wellsboro Diner would have been worth it. And, well, and, and uh, I said, by the time we get up there and start hiking, it's going to be, like, another hour from now. And uh, she's like, no, let's just... Let's just forget it. So yeah. we drove back down to Williamsport and had lunch at the Bullfrog Brewery. So that's what happened. And <laughs> we didn't tell anybody right away because we, we some people knew we were going to do this. And so what we did is we stopped along the road in a couple places to take pictures and the fall flights would be like, at least we had pictures to show. <laughs> <laughs> but we couldn't find the darn Pennsylvania Grand yeah. Canyon. All right, nobody tuned in to listen All to right, that story. Sorry, I, I just couldn't let that one go because yeah. I knew the All story. Right. Yeah, I, I went on too long with it. Sorry, Maxine. <laughs> All right, so you played football in high school. Did you play any other sports? Uh, no, I, um, 
I lifted weights in the off season for football. Um, one of the regrets I do have though, is I wish I would have taken up wrestling. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a, a great sport. It's lots of discipline, you know, uh, yeah. very challenging. So if I did have to go back and, and change one thing I did in high school, as far as athletics go, I wish I would have picked up wrestling, but I was a one sport, uh, barely starting, uh, left tackle and defensive tackle for the Wells Road Green Hornet. Nice. The Green Hornets up in the Northern tier. So how tall are you? And how much do you weigh? Uh, my senior year in high school, I was five nine, one eighty, playing left tackle. Woo, that's <laughs> so, huge! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I was I was a quick tackle. Let's put it that way. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you stay five nine? Uh, well, I'm five nine on my left foot and five ten on my right foot. <laughs> right, you got to tell that story. I know. Um, how much do you weigh now? Uh, well. 75 hard was a blessing here starting at the beginning of the year. Right now I'm hovering around 215, but yeah. if I'm disciplined, I hover around 200. All right, sweet. Well, we've got to talk about that 75 hard too, but um, when you when you uh, went to Mansfield, did you play football there? I did not. Uh, I focused on not, not getting kicked out of school. Well, that's a good thing to focus on. <laughs> uh, yeah, my yeah, my daughter okay. my daughter was recruited to play soccer by a few schools, and Mansfield was one of them. And Mansfield's Division Two, which would have been a big deal for her, but Mansfield yeah. has a hard time getting getting players up there because she went for an unofficial visit with my mom, man, my mom, my wife, and um, they came back and Kylie said, "I'm not going there. They don't even have a sheets." <laughs> so it's kind of rural. Yeah, it's a little it's a little remote. Yeah. We do have a sheet yeah. now. Oh, yeah. we have a sheet now. Oh yeah. well, they, she could have gone then. Uh, yeah, they might have had her. Beautiful area, though. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. So the Mansfield uh, dropped their football program. I want to say sometime either in my first year there or right after that, uh, they dropped it and started something called sprint football, uh, which is basically a football league that has a maximum weight of 175 pounds. Wow. So I didn't meet the criteria, even if I wanted to. Yeah. Huh. Why'd they do that? They just couldn't get the players? Uh, funding, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. The, the school was near bankruptcy for several years, and they just cut the football program as part of that. So Yeah, uh, yeah I hear that. So um, now you, you mentioned that one leg's longer than the other, so tell us that story. All right, so, yeah, um, in the summer in between my uh, freshman and sophomore year of college um, – I was coming home from work, uh, taking my girlfriend at the time over to the county fair over in Bradford County, which is adjacent to uh, Tioga County where Wellsboro is. And on my way over there, there was a deer that had been hit in the road uh, coming over a knoll. I hit the deer, lost control of the car, hit another car head on, and shattered my femur, my tibia, and my fibia in my left leg. So had to basically ripped the mangled leg. The, the dash got pushed into the seat, so it basically compressed my femur and shattered my leg and pinched my leg. So I uh, had to drag myself out of there, uh, went to the hospital, wasn't sure if I was going to live, wasn't sure if I was going to lose my leg. Uh, woke up after hours of surgery with a leg, uh, talked to the doctors, uh, really no plan, no diagnosis, no promises. Uh, as far as ability or anything like that, uh, was very, very fortunate to have a very good surgeon, uh, Dr. Suarez, uh, can't remember his first name, but I'll never forget his face and never forget him demonstrating how he held the metal rod and hit it with a hammer through my 
femur to get it to go in. I'll, that's a, yeah. an image I'll never. But uh, no, luckily was able to save my leg, put it back together, and then um, you know, luckily I was somewhat in shape at the time, you know, lifting and being active. So uh, I had a pretty good core, which you know saved me from having further injury, and got very very blessed with a very good. Uh, motivated young physical therapist who really let me push it and really helped me get healed to where I really don't have too many uh, uh, loss of function or too many issues. Uh, I can't move my big toe and uh, sometimes, you know, my toes go numb a little bit here and there, but otherwise uh, I'm an inch shorter on the left and <laughs> that's about the only thing that's different about it. So, uh, but at the time that accident happened, I was failing out of college, you know, not taking things seriously, really didn't think about the future. And man, that was such a blessing for, for many, many reasons. One, uh, it made me realize that I can't rely on physical labor for a career because, you know, obviously that was going to be tough. So it really got me focused, got me um, where my mind needed to be as far as focusing on school, taking things seriously, appreciating you know, everything I had and every day I had afterwards, something like that happening. Um, and then fast forward. So I had to miss my fall semester of that year. This was 2020 or 2006 rather. Um, so I had to miss my fall semester because I was bedridden for 117 days. I counted every day. I'll never forget that many days of not taking a single step. And then the first step was not pleasant, right. followed by the three months after that. But the first time I was able to put weight on my left leg, it was 117 days. Um, so I missed my, uh, fall semester of my sophomore year, which put me into the, uh, fall semester of 2009 to graduate, uh, on time. And I had to take a Spanish class as part of my gen ed credits. And I met this, I did not know she was a barely 18 freshman at the time, but I met this, uh, cute girl who was struggling with Spanish as, as I was. And there was an opportunity for a partner exercise of writing down a conversation and I asked her, Hey, you know, you want to do this stupid assignment with me? You might as well, you know, I promise I'll, you know, do it as fast as I can and we'll get this over with. And we've been married almost 11 years now. The rest so, is history. Without that, yeah. without that accident, I never would have met my wife though. So yeah. there's many reasons why that, that accident has been a true blessing in my life. The Lord works there's in always mysterious ways. I love a good romance story. You do. And on our podcast, it's great. Yeah. And I just found out last episode that we recorded the dial-ups of Swifty, too. So, yeah. Yeah. But Slaughter <laughs> is, too. So so is Slaughter. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's amazing. 117. I wonder how to, why you had to be in bed that long. I guess, yeah. you know, the because... Uh, even hip replacement, so they get you up walking the next well, day. Well, I was going to ask, like, what hospital did you end up with? I yeah, mean, there's not, they're like, there's just small community hospitals up in that neck of the woods. Uh, Guthrie out of Sarah, Pennsylvania. So I, I, I was wondering whether you ended up at Guthrie. Yeah. Okay, that makes that makes sense. Yep. yep, I was in the hospital for six days and then had to move back in with my mom to basically be completely taken care of yeah. for the entire time. I was able to get on crutches after a few weeks, uh, but no pressure because the femur completely shattered, so there was really nothing to hold it together. They had to kind of piece the bone fragments and piece it together and then you know, kind of let it heal on its own. So yeah. it just took a very long time. Yeah, I guess that's why. Yeah, because yeah. then bearing weight, you got to wait till all that cement, uh, whatever they put in there. That's 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 incredible. So you have full range of motion of your yeah, pardon. I tried. I tried well before the 117 days. It didn't go well. So yeah. it wasn't for lack of time. Do, do you have uh, full range of motion of your knee and your hip? 
Uh, yeah, the knee and the hip's fine. Um, I have screws in my hip from where they screwed the rod in, so there's some cap, uh, calcium and stuff built up over it. So if you lay on it just right, or every now and again, you'll kind of feel a weird, you feel it's there, but yeah, no, no loss of function, no range of motion in the knee or hip, just my foot. Cool, do, man. Do you wear like a heel lift or anything like that to account for the leg, leg length discrepancy? Yes, I do. If I don't, uh, my back and my hips get way out of whack. Yeah, so for sure. It's, it's critical to have those in my rucking shoes and my workout shoes or yeah. I'll pay the price for it. Yeah, maybe he'll see a quackle prick. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> that was a joke. Yeah. It was a joke. Um, uh, oh, you know, um, it's you took a, a really bad, you know, accident and everything, and and you made the most of it, and uh, you ended up meeting your wife and uh, and focusing, you know, refocusing on your grades and stuff like that. So you know, in the end, these things you don't want them to happen, but they could be blessings. So good on you, man. I guess imagine that means you can't run. Is that true uh i could run uh i choose not to i don't like it but which is why i like rucking mm-hmm. uh, i wish i would have found rucking way earlier in my life than i did but um i can run okay it's just i've learned over the years it's almost half my life now i was 19 and i'm 37 now so yeah i've been about half my life with you know working around my foot so if you just push off a little different and adjust but yeah it doesn't doesn't really bother me much Oh, that's good. That's I can't not- hop on one foot. That's one thing I can't do because I have no range of motion in my big toe. So hopping on my left foot is quite difficult. Yeah. But running is not that big a deal. Yeah, big toe is important for balance. It's not holding them back too much. I mean, no. we're going to get into his uh, grow rock experiences. Yeah, he's a GTE maniac. Heavy, we'll so be- yeah. We'll get into that. How many kids do you have? I got one daughter. Um, she is nine years old. Her birthday is June 24, 2014. She is my favorite person in, in the entire world. And minus a head-on collision, she's been the biggest change and the biggest driver of positivity in my entire life. And I'm so grateful for her. That's awesome. What's her yeah. name? Her name is Amelia. Amelia. Yeah. Shout out to Amelia. Cool. So how old her are you? Her after name is Flying Squirrel. Is what? Her after name is Flying Squirrel. Flying Squirrel. We, uh, we have some F3 dads up here in Pittsburgh in the summer. And uh, her and I co-cued one of the first F3 dads. And uh, she was younger at the time. I think she was five. And we did an animal-themed beatdown. So we did some monkey humpers, some dirt, some uh, dirty dogs. And I told her, it's like, your job is to just randomly yell flying squirrel because our, our zoo that we were taking a tour of for the beatdown had a flying squirrel problem. So every time <laughs> she'd yell flying squirrel at a point, you'd have to get down and do a flying squirrel. So after about 45 flying squirrels throughout the beatdown, it was pretty obvious what her she after her name. name was going to be. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Do you know yeah. what a flying squirrel is? I'm, it, it, the way the motion he made, I've, I haven't heard of a flying squirrel, but it sounds like like kind of a, just a burpee. Minus, burpee without the push-up. Okay, burpee without the push-up. All right. There it is. That's right. I, I saw the motion. it is in Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's fine. I'm here. <laughs> the old flying squirrel. Yeah. So, are, what do you? Are you in your mid thirties? Is that is that your age? I am thirty seven. Thirty seven. I was close. All right. Um. So you get involved with F three. You're you're traveling um, about an hour commute, but yet you still end up posting about two hundred times a year. Is that right? I've uh, hit at least in the two teens, two twenties every full year. So I don't know how many I did the, the year I started, but yes, I've definitely hit 200 at minimum every year yes yeah, so i need it 
all those guys out there that are listening, what's your excuse, right? Yeah. Hey, you commute that far. How far out? So you got to get up at what? About three thirty, four in the morning to get there. Uh, one of our AOs uh, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays meets at five fifteen. So that's usually a three forty-five alarm. Uh, the other ones are five thirty, about four o'clock. Um, I have a wood stove that I heat my house with in the winter. So in the wintertime, I got to get up a little bit beforehand, get the wood stove going, make sure the wife doesn't come back. The icicles hanging off her nose. And, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it gives me, it, it's actually really nice. You know, I get to get my mind right, get to wake up, get to get the coffee, listen to some music, listen to a podcast. But by the time I show up, I'm, you know, fully awake, revved up, ready yeah. to go. Other guys are waking up at 5.05, showing up at 5.12, you know, still asleep. So it's not as bad as it sounds. It gives you time to get mentally and physically prepared. There you go. Hey, I got a podcast to recommend to you to listen to. <laughs> hey, um, you, uh, uh, so what time do you, what time do you usually go to bed? Cause if, if, if I get up at four o'clock, I'm in bed at like eight o'clock. Yeah. Um, 10 is the absolute cutoff for me to be lights out, phone down, hit the pillow. Um, and I made a, conscious effort here this past year to not have too many days where I don't get at least seven hours sleep. So mm-hmm. it's usually about six hours, but I don't go more than two days without giving myself a gap in between. So yeah, I either try to hit that so I can keep posting every day or let myself catch up on sleep just to not get too bogged down because it does take a toll as, as you all know. Yeah. 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 It's really, it's really important, more important than people think. Uh, getting proper sleep it's where all the body heals and you rejuvenate and there's a lot of other things that happens like prevention of alzheimer's later in life and things like that and weight loss uh and that kind of stuff so um yeah we kind of pride ourselves getting up early and not get much sleep and be able to do all this stuff and yet you know probably hurting ourselves and yeah. i do it a, you know a couple times a week maybe not so bad but you got to get the guy to get got to get that rest got to get some sleep that's right yeah so you said you started 75 hard this year you just started it uh, there's about six of us total that started in January. All right. So you're a good, was it 75? That's 75 days, right? So you're about halfway through yeah. getting there. Yes. Yeah. So, and you have some, uh, flexibility on what you want to do for that, right? Like what kind of workouts and that kind of thing. Is that right? Yeah, we do. And full disclosure, um, you know, the guys that are doing it, we, we have, you know, the mammon that's very busy, you know, we got families and stuff. So we're really not holding anybody to a hard blood contract that if you screw up, you know, you're banned from the group, you're kicked off the island, never to be seen again. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, we do need to be accountable, um, you know, and, you know, there's a no alcohol, two workouts a day. Uh, there's reading involved, diet, obviously, gallon of water. Uh, so, us got, we did this last year too. So the guys pretty much said like, okay, here's how I can fall somewhere within that mode to be reasonable and realistic with what I can do, but still be disciplined and not make it too easy. So when I say 75 hard, I don't want to insult all the people that follow it to an absolute T. Uh, but the main thing is that we hold each other accountable and there are certain things, uh, within that, that there's absolutely no exceptions. And, you know, mine, uh, you know, I've the diet I've slipped up on a little bit, you know, my, my, my diet, it wasn't like, oh, I'm not, I'm going to go keto or I'm going to go vegan. It's, I need to make sure I eat a lot of protein. Don't eat any sugar, stay away from bread, you know, not necessarily carbs because salads get old. Um, but the no alcohol thing for me is what's really important because I've, 
disclose this in the in the gloom and in some CATs and in my shield lock. You know, I can get to a an unhealthy place with alcohol sometimes when life gets at you and you know you get into a a lower uh, you know groove of just having a couple beers every night and then you know that turns into whatever you know because why not? So um, these guys have helped me many many times. Uh, be accountable. Let me talk to them. Uh, be supportive, and you know this uh, this January restart that we have is very important to me, and I'm very grateful for the guys to to do it with me because if I didn't have to look in, in their eyes in the morning and and you know know that I I'm lying to them if I said I didn't drink or didn't stick to something, you know I I can't do that because I just love them and respect them too much. Right. So right. 75 hard is a 75 accountable is what we should honestly call it. That's good, man. Yeah. I, thanks for sharing that. Um, I know uh, that you know a lot of guys we talked to on the podcast deal with you know all kinds of different things, and we all have our gesture, as F three calls it, the thing that you know gets us, um, or the flux that occurs in your life that could bring out the gesture. So um, good for you to just keep making those efforts, and, and more importantly, to have the accountability. Recognizing it, yeah, yeah. I think the the diet thing that's sort of what I try to do. I try to basically try to stick with like lean meats, fruits, and vegetables, and the meats aren't that lean, but you know do my best to eat more chicken than beef and stuff like that. But lean meats and fruits and vegetables. But bread is my big thing. I notice if I eat bread, my weight goes up. If I don't eat bread, my weight goes down. And, and, and you know, I can have like a you know, piece of toast, one, you know, in the morning or something like that. But if I go, you know, a piece of toast in the morning and I have a sandwich later on, I'm, I'm not going to lose as much weight. It's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've done keto before. I think I did it for maybe four months and it's doable, but, to try to sustain something like that and not absolutely hate it, it's really hard. So yeah, yeah. that's why I said you know, no, no simple carbs. You know, rice, beans. You know, complex carbs. You know, there's there's definitely some benefit for that, especially if you're working out twice a day, right? So right. yeah, yeah. My wife, I, I didn't want to go so restrictive that it actually is counterproductive to everything else I'm doing. Right. So the, the the making sure I eat enough protein is important to me because uh, I feel like I haven't been doing that, and then just you know, keeping the things that cause the inflammation, the pain, the aches, you know. Yeah. That's, that's what I try to commit to. And so far, so good. So when you talk about eating enough protein, are you trying to get a gram per, per pound of weight that you weigh? Is that your goal? I just make absolutely sure that I either drink or eat 100 grams of protein. And then I don't track, like, meals or anything in between. I just make sure, like, outside of meals, outside of, sure. you know, whatever I eat as part of my day, that I have 100 grams of protein. That way I know I'm getting close to, you know, 150, 200 grams throughout yeah. the day. Yeah. It's harder than people think. Mm, yeah. You know, if you if you really want to hit the the recommendation, I think is a pound per body weight kind of thing. And uh, that's, it's a challenge to do that. And I eat a lot, you know, I like meat. You and, do. But when I finally like measured it, I'm like, wow, holy cow, I only got 150 in the day and I ate a lot of meat and stuff. So, um, yeah, that's, eggs. That's, uh, I'm eating eggs every freaking morning. I'm starting to cluck. I eat so much chicken and eat so many eggs. Well, you know, you think a diet's restrictive, and that's the hard thing. But trying to force yourself to eat something is almost as hard because right. it, all of it takes planning and discipline, right? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned what was it, a gallon of water, right? That. Yeah. That alone is like. I'm not sure do. about that gallon of water thing. I'm not. I don't. I'm not. I'm not saying it's not good, but I don't get it because. You know, your body knows what it needs. When you're thirsty, you drink. If you drink, if you drink more than when you're thirsty, you're just going to pee it out. So, well, as a guy who travels a lot for work throughout the day, you know, I work in the oil and gas industry, so I travel from locations to locations and sites and all that stuff. So, I I have 
a pull-off tree or gas station every 10 miles on any <laughs> route I take. There's a guarantee I'm visiting at least a couple on the way to and from. Right, yeah. So yeah, not right. the water is available for daily life. Yeah, but water's free, so that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can hurt yourself with too much water, but you really got to drink a lot. a lot of water, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my wife got hired a trainer, and she's, I don't know, two months in now, and she's had tremendous progress uh, with the workouts, but with the diet. And, man, like you said, it takes a lot of meal prepping. If you want to do this right, you got to go to the grocery store a lot, and you got to prep your meals. And, and that's the challenge for me. I work in, in the healthcare, and I get out of the hospital. Sometimes it's late at night, and I'm so tired, and I'm so hungry. And it's like, well, there's Wendy's drive through You know, it's 730 at night. I'm going to get a burger and a, and eat a couple fries and uh, go to bed because I uh, just don't have the, the willpower then because I'm just so hungry and tired. But uh, anyway, it's a challenge. You got to prep. Yep. All right. Sure. Um, so then you became Nantan. How did you become Nantan of uh, Pittsburgh? So the, uh, the original Nantan of Pittsburgh was BF, so... There's a lot of people that have heard of legend or at least know uh, the story of Fiab, uh, who passed off to a pack named Sherman. Um, he handed off to me in April of 2021. So uh, there's time, there time for a change. It's kind of the unofficial official term is two years for a Pittsburgh Nantan. So it floated out there if I wanted to do it. But sure, absolutely. And took the flag and ran with it. Sweet. So really, really wasn't a lot of, a lot of special stuff behind it other than somebody said, Hey, I think you should do it. And I said, if everybody thinks I'm the right guy, then willing to step up and lead and took it and ran. Yeah. That's any, good. Any accomplishments for your region since you've been Nantan that, uh, proud of, or you've seen make a big impact um, for the, for the men in your region. So my goal, um, and I've talked about this on some of our sector calls too, uh, because, the goal of the nation for the longest time has been 250,000 packs by 2025, right? Grow, 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 numbers, 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 which is very important, right? Because our whole point of, of our mission is to grow uh, uh, small workout groups. But um, my main thing, especially coming through and out of the COVID time by the time I took over, my main goal was to keep the people we have and accelerate the people we have rather than trying to find new bodies to fill an AO or try to start a new AO with new bodies. Because, you know, I feel like when you're so focused on growing and finding FNGs, you can start to miss the guys that maybe start to post less or maybe get used to sleeping in until seven o'clock and, you know, all of a sudden they fade and then it's like, Hey, where's, where's Billy Bob, you know, and it's too late by the time he gets used to sleeping in two, three days in a row. Right. So, I felt the way we became stronger and the way we grew, uh, you know, as a whole was to really focus and grow and develop leaders within our region. So mm -hmm. I'm really proud of our focus on that. We've definitely got a lot of great guys, uh, in Pittsburgh, you know, has, you know, Gobbler is obviously, you know, been part of the nation leadership team. So, you know, I think Pittsburgh's got a, we're not the biggest region around. We're, we're relatively big for a PA region. Um, but, you know, I think we really have a lot of core, dedicated, missional guys. Um, and I'm really proud of that. So that was one of my big focuses is to, you know, make a lot of solid guys that are going to find guys and, and take them along as a leader rather than focusing solely on 
you know, FNDs, which is obviously important. We've definitely grown since then too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, we started a couple, we started a couple AOs. Uh, I'm slowly starting to bring them closer to me. I got, I got an AO that's 45 minutes and I got an AO that's a half hour away now. So I'm getting close. Nice. Good work. Yeah. I was going to ask you that. Why don't you just plant a flag where you live? Well, <laughs> I want to say I've tried, uh, but to say I've tried hard would be a lot, but, I just fell in love with Pittsburgh. I love the guys, you know, the relationships, the shield locks I have, like it's, it's tough, man. You know, it's, it's worth the drive. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's changed my life and it's saved my marriage. I mean, F3 Pittsburgh has been just absolutely critical to who I am today and, and where my life is. Um, you know, I, when I, when I moved to West Virginia, uh, my daughter is three months old. And we moved away from every friend, every family, every every person we ever met in our life to a very remote area of West Virginia. So it was just me, the M, and this three-month-old. No babysitters, no help, no nothing. Um, and my wife's a stay-at-home mom, so she was home with the baby all day. You know, I would go to work, come home, you know, the struggles of work and stuff, come home in a crappy mood, you know, go down, watch TV or play video games for an hour just to kind of unwind, and then we would go to bed. And we'd wake up and do it again. And as that went on for a few months and, you know, a year or so, you know, my wife just got more and more miserable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously she didn't have any friends. She didn't have anybody to talk to. All she had to talk to was me. And I didn't want to talk, or at least I wasn't talking in a friendly tone when I came home. So and that would always make me upset because it's like, man, you know, I work all day. I'm the sole provider. I come home and my wife's miserable. Like, what is her problem? And, so, uh, subsequently, when we moved to the area right now, south of Pittsburgh, same thing. Any few people we did know in West Virginia were gone. We moved to another area. No friends, no family, no help, no nothing. Um, and then I noticed the, the difference in our marriage, in our relationship, but the day we started after, I started at three. Uh, I noticed that, you know, when I would come home, my wife didn't have the six shooters out ready to blow me away. And I was like, what the heck changed in her? And it's like, oh, I'm in a better mood. I'm in a, I'm happy. You know, I go work out. I, I have people to talk to. I have positive people around me. I'm not surrounded by work and people complaining and miserable. So she's not putting up the fist ready to fight when I come home because I'm not in a terrible mood. So it's like, huh, that was me. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, but, but, uh, but no, I mean, it's just, you know, getting – getting the exercise, like I said, the, the camaraderie, the positivity surrounded by high impact guys. I mean, it just, it just changes the course of your day, right? It, you know, it's, it's almost impossible to be in a bad, bad mood, at least first thing in the morning, you know, yeah. but at least, but at least you start down here. You're not already up to a, you know, an eight when you're headed to work and you're pushing nine and a half, 10 when you come home. So, right. uh, and like, like I said, you know, my wife, uh, you know, just got a, got a better, husband a more happy person and it's made all the difference in our marriage because i don't think she would have stuck with me being the curmudgeon i was because i'm lonely you know i mean i was a fat clown you know i hadn't i had no friends no conversation it's uh it's what we're trying to hear right yeah yeah that's a great story brother um yeah and you know your wife she just wants you you know she doesn't doesn't want you coming home and playing video games and being miserable she wants you she wants you your time your attention and uh all our wives do and, um, you know, even when they act in ways that make us upset, it's usually they're upset because 
they just love us and they want us and they're missing out on it. But um, that's a great story because, you know, it is a cure for a sad clown syndrome and having men in your life makes a huge difference. Men that you can count on, that you can go through hard things with. And that's what, yeah, that's what F3 is all about. Uh, not about that, that, don't, that. Don't judge you and actually care about what you're saying too. That, yeah. That's the difference. Like that's, that's, that was the biggest difference that I did not have anywhere in my life growing up is somebody where I felt, you know, I had friends, you know, but the friendship were based on what we did and, you know, what was involved with it, you know, drinking, you know, right. getting into trouble, all that, you know, friendship based around nothing positive. Right. Yeah. So meaningful male relationships was something that just changed my life yeah. Yeah. and my life. Going back to what you had mentioned kind of early at the, in the earlier part of this discussion, there was, the accomplishments uh, as as Nantan, you, you'll have to listen to next week's episode. We had we yeah. we just we just had slaughter. We just had slaughter on here before you, and that was a real focus of of slaughter. That of uh, of one of the key things that that he recognized during his time as Nantan was, it's not about numbers, you know. Um, yeah, let's grow it to two hundred fifty million by twenty twenty five. Right, that that'd be great. But like if you two hundred fifty thousand. Two hundred fifty thousand, two hundred fifty million. Such a, such a, I thought it was two fifty million. Was it? Two fifty thousand. Yeah. So I set the bar higher. Two hundred fifty million. <laughs> million thousand. What's the difference? But a zero or two. Come on, uh, let's go on F three Nation. Let's anyway. Get at least I could find F3 the Grand. Mil- I could find million. the Grand Canyon. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, what was I saying? You got this. Dra- uh, yeah. Uh, you, you know who who cares what the numbers are if you're if if you're not really having an impact on the lives of the guys that are coming. Yeah, you know, you can't measure success by by those the, by bigger numbers and oh, we grew the region by X number of packs. Uh, mm-hmm. you, the, the success really is changing the lives of the men that are coming, and ultimately, if you do that, more guys are going to come because they're going to want to see what those guys have and see what's happening in their lives, and uh, and come out you, and want a piece of it. When you see that guy that was an FNG realize. If they make that first F to second, third F transition, right? Where they start to realize, hey, this isn't my workout Monday morning. Yeah. This is my brotherhood. This yeah. is my sanctuary. This is, you know, my mental health, my mental wellness therapy session, right? That's where you say, okay, we accomplished, we accomplished what we set out to. We just changed that guy. And that guy is going to go pass that on. It's no longer a workout for this guy. Yeah. It becomes his mission. That, that, that's the goal is to get that, see that light bulb click in that guy's head where he's not showing up for a workout anymore. Yeah. Great word, man. It's like, so, you know, the, the people that listen to this aren't going to, don't have the, the perspective we had because we just interviewed Slaughter, who's air, his episode's going to air. When this comes out, it'll be last week, but right now it'll be next week. So anyway, I mean, this is the theme, right? Yeah. For us tonight. Yeah. That's is, what, as soon as you started yeah. talking, we kind of like looked at each other. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. Like, right. Tying it all together. And, and part of it probably is some of the messaging that's coming down from him. To you is is sector Q, um, right for for the Northeast as well. Speaking of which, yeah, why don't, why don't you tell us about that? How'd you how'd you become sector Q? Uh, I've known Major Payne for a while. Uh, obviously, he was a sector uh, Q when I was Nantana Pittsburgh. Uh, met him at several GTEs. Uh, you know, I met Major Payne. He is a, an absolute stud. Yeah. You know, great person, phenomenal athlete, and. He would never tell you, and he would never brag about it, and you would never know until you saw him in the gloom. He's just the most humble, 
all around great guy. But anyways, I, uh, I talked to, uh, talked to him a little bit about it. Um, you know, when he was looking for a replacement, uh, handed off to a guy named Trigger out of Philadelphia area. Uh, Trigger took it for a little while. And as things tend to do, you know, Concentrica took priority and there was an opening. And uh, GMO, who was the head of sectors at the time, uh, I'd met him at Grow Rock in uh, Charlotte back in 2021. And uh, I just said, hey, you know, I've handed off the Nantan flag. I love F3. I love F- everything F3 is. Like, I need a purpose in F3. So I'm interested in this sector queue. If not, I'm in an area queue. I'll be the whatever, whoever scrubs the weasel shaker shoes. Like I, I need a purpose in F3. I need something to stay motivated and, and invigorate. So we had a couple conversations and, you know, very grateful to GMO for having the faith and trust in me to allow me to become the sector queue. So I, I took over, I want to say maybe the beginning of August, early July, somewhere in there. Uh, so about six months in, but yeah, just, uh, happened to see an opportunity and kind of like I became Nantan. It's like, Hey, if you think it's the right fit, I'm willing. If not, you know, I'll, I'll follow the guy who's leading. So that's how it happened. Yeah. Nice. And so, and so you've got, you've got the New England states, right? And so the one state mm-hmm. that doesn't have a flag, shovel flag planted is Maine, right? Is there any anything cooking up in that area? We we have some we have some coal burning in the Vermont Connecticut area, so we're hoping the wildfire spreads here soon. Yeah, but, um, as you guys know, winter is not the time to launch a region. <laughs> yeah, yeah. January through March is strategy and planning. Yeah, uh, April through August will be hopefully some execution. Yes, that we have a very unique struggle in the Northeast sector because. You know, we are not a very dense metropolitan area. Yep. You know, we do have some cities like Boston and Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, but, you know, you go outside of those, your fields and farms for a half hour. So to try to have that we natural could. starfish so next village over, next town over, right. next block over, yeah. you don't have that, man. We can so relate. we have a unique struggle, um, you know, starting a region because of being able to support, you know, launch, help you help organize. Um, but we're putting together, I have a pretty solid SLT. Uh, I'm looking to put together a few more pieces to really be strategic and really be effective at the uh, finding the right guys. Uh, Cause again, the focus is not to start at a region in Maine. It's to find a guy who's willing to commit to being proximate and constant contact and, and, be involved with a guy who thinks he wants to start a region and yeah. be that support. So the area cues that we're putting together, which are now called the Whetstones, um, are going to be a critical part of how we grow in Northeast and, and grow in Maine because of how big an area we actually have and the the vast emptiness uh, in between regions. So yeah. it's going to be a challenge, but I'm really I'm really motivated and excited about what we have planned and being able to execute on that. Yeah. Yeah, they need one in Acadia, man. That'd be cool. Yeah, I'm work. I'm working Bar on a Harbor. buddy uh, to get something started just outside of State College, mm. which uh, I think is an untapped area. Uh, he's 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 kind of down in the valley. He's not like right in State College, but uh, and, and he's he's pondering it, thinking about it. He's pulled in a couple guys into the conversation. So really, really hoping to help him get a, a region started up in that neck of the woods in uh, in the spring. 
if he's listening, I'm only two hours and I'm, I don't do much on Saturdays. I, I don't mind driving. So you'll be there. To, you'll I'll be, be there. there to help we'll launch. Yeah. 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 We'll yeah. be there too. Right. That's, yeah. That's well, yeah. That's what we volunteered to go up yeah. and uh, yeah. And cue, cue the workouts for the first six weeks or so. Yeah, man. That'd be awesome. So should we talk about his, his grow rucks? Yeah. But I want to ask him New York oh, city. Do we, do we have a flag in New York city? I don't think so. Uh, there is a contact. Oh, shoot, you would tell me. Uh, Berthold would kill me. We just talked about this a couple weeks ago. Berthold is our expansion queue. There have been some some reach outs about some interest. There has been a workout here and there. So I want to say that, yes, there is F3. I'm not sure how consistent they are. They have not joined any of our sector calls, but it is it is a prospect that we are trying to tap in and launch. Again, January, New York City. <laughs> gonna be kind of tough so building uh, their relationship their weather's not different than ours yeah. they'll be fine establishing a relationship and a friendship with the guy who thinks he wants to do it yeah. so that he knows he's supported and has resources to tap into is our goal we're working on it. that'd be a good clown car trip to new york city new york city tend to beat down yeah then i'm gonna go to bobby flay's one of bobby flay's restaurant Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I watch Beat Bobby Flay all the time. I know. You're a big fan. I got I got to go to his restaurant. All right, man. Hey, that's cool. Uh, what, did you have another? Oh, you want to get to the GTE? Yeah, no. I was, yeah. I was just going to ask him, like, uh, I had the honor of being at GTE 44 with, uh, with you, even though we didn't really cross paths, I think, while we were there. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. And uh, so so how many have you done? I know you've, you've done several. I know. I think you got two planned for this year already. Yeah, so I've completed seven. So I did uh, 24, which was the mothership in Metro, uh, August 2021. And then March 22, I did Eastern Fleet uh, down at the EMC region, Plainfield in July, Hampton Roads in October. And then last year, I did DC, uh, Columbus, and then uh, Kate Fear with you. Yeah. So that's my seven. So, so one thing, Dfib, he asked, he asked me before we, we came on the air here, he said, you know, why, why do guys do multiple grow rocks? And so I shared with him my thoughts of why, why guys probably do it. I, I'm curious to hear your perspective since you've done several of them. What, what, what's that passion that, that takes you back to do them, do them over and over again? So the saying is, you know, the first one's always for you, right? That's, that's, that's the general thing. Like the yeah. first grow rock you do for you, you do it because you want to challenge yourself. You want to, you know, unlock that invigoration in yourself to do something hard and, you know, grow as a group and as a, as a platoon, uh, over the course of the leadership weekend. Um, but the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh have all been for me. And I say that because it, there's no better way to, get connected with guys that you have no idea who they are, build very strong friendships and relationships. I, I know people very well across the entire Eastern coast, right? Uh, from doing all these, you know, met some incredible men, some incredible stories, um, you know, and just the, the reinvigoration of the love and the motivation and just the excitement I have for F3 the tank overflows every time I do a GTE mm-hmm. and to watch, like we talked about earlier, you know, when you watch that light bulb and a guy's head switch, Hey, this isn't a workout. This is something bigger to watch that guy realize, Hey, I can do this. I'm 
I'm stronger than I thought I was. And not only am I stronger than I thought I was, I'm actually able to help a guy that's struggling when because he, he helped me. And just being able to be part of that and watch that over the week, and I struggle every time too. I'm, I'm, I'm getting helped a lot. So, you know, I appreciate that guy that gets unlocked because I'm like, all right, great. I'm really proud of you, man. Here's my right back. <laughs> um, but it's just, a, it's, it's an awesome weekend. You can't, you yeah. can't put into words what a GTE is, you know, the, the, the beat downs in the morning, you know, you got 150 guys, I think for, uh, Cape Fear, we had like 270 yeah, guys. Two, yeah, like two, yeah, high 200s. Yeah. You know, on the deck of a battleship, I mean, there's nothing to get you motivated more than doing something like that with a yeah. bunch of guys cadence on a battleship, right? right? So, and then, you know, the grow school, I love Q source. I think Q source is something that every pack and that three needs to be familiar with and at least three, if not talk about it and do it in your regions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going into the, uh, the crucible rough, you know, the overnight, the log, the struggle, the soft, the mental, uh, it just, like I said, it just overflows everything in me. Uh, that I love about F3, and I'm able to take that to my region, be super annoying, you know, tell them their form sucks, you need to do this, you know, <laughs> you need to do, but but uh, they hate when I come back from Jura. But no, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's just an awesome weekend. Um, met, like I said, met so many guys, so I look forward to it. It keeps me accountable. It keeps me from not getting out of shape. You know, like I said, I hate running, but I got to be able to pass the PT test. So I got to at least keep up with running to be able to pass the PT test, uh, you know, and just be able to try to bring some guys with me. You know, you get some guys into a grow rock. So, um, yeah, I love it. I got uh, I got two planned for this year. I'm going to be at GT 46 and then the very next weekend, GT 47. Back-to-back weekends. Nice. Yeah. So, you so, know. So he does it for other men. He does. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask him though. I'm curious. Grow Ruck, <coughs> Grow Ruck. Hear me out. Grow Ruck Steel City. That's got that's got a pretty cool ring to it. Have you thought about hosting one out there? We we bought it around um, because of the distance between neighboring regions. There's a little bit of logistical challenge. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give you all the list of my excuses now. So that's all good. That's all good. No, uh, it definitely has been talked about, but, um, you know, we, our region is definitely heavy on respect and, you know, the rucking culture is strong for the guys that do it, but we definitely want to be able to plan an event that would be well-supported, well-funded and well-attended. So there's been, there's been some talk and what I really think, um, and one of my goals, uh, as a sector queue here is to have a GTE you know, in, in, in this uh, sector, obviously we have Richmond this year, which falls in the sector, but you know, somewhere in the, the Pennsylvania, you know, New Jersey area. And those luckies who's the weasel shaker for the Northeast sector, uh, has done a phenomenal job growing and supporting those regions that are popping up all over New Jersey. So if I had to guess where a GTE would pop up next year and where I'm really pushing those guys to be, uh, motivated to have one would be in the Princeton area or some, somewhere in that New Jersey area that can pull from the Phillies, yeah. and, uh, Yorks. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of growth and a lot of opportunity there. So yeah. maybe not Steel City in the next year or so, but I'm really going to hope that you know if we talk again here down the road that we get to talk about the, the Jersey Turnpike uh, <laughs> grow up of 2025. Yeah, they, they seem to be having a lot of expansion there in in Jersey. So. Yeah, I, uh, that would that would make sense. I had uh, 
down at GTE 44, I didn't do the Crucible, but I was talking to Cadre Danny, and I gave him the suggestion of doing a GTE in Gettysburg. I think that would be really awesome. Until you had to get um, involved with the National Park Service and the government. Right, but yeah, nothing nothing <laughs> is completely insurmountable. You have to get permits yeah. and stuff, I guess, but that would be super cool, man, to you know get on the battlefield for that. I think that would be just amazing, but whatever. GTE <laughs> Jersey Shore. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that. GTE Jersey yeah. Shore. Hey, um, I, yeah. I, I just thought of another idea for Cadre Danny. I'm going to have to text him when we're done. You know how you guys break up in the platoons in the Crucible? Uh-huh. You know how important grow school is? Uh-huh. So why not develop the platoons before grow school and go through the grow school together as a platoon? Because when you break out into the sessions to talk about each topic and stuff, you get to know the, you guys in your platoon before you even show up for the Crucible. There you go. You'll have to reach out to him. Cadre Danny, if you listen to this, I'm going to text you. <laughs> anyway, they probably already thought of this and have a reason not to do it. But anyway. Probably. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really cool. You, so you do the GTEs now because you want to be there for the other men. I think that's, that's really awesome, man. That's why you're a sector chief. That's why you're Nantan because you're thinking about the men. Yep. Like I said, it's, uh, it makes me not be lazy. It holds me accountable, gives me a purpose. Uh, and then, yeah, just like I said, I'm, I'm addicted to watching the, the growth in the, of the individual men that go through something that they regret signing up for and can't believe they did when we're standing in a circle yeah. getting the patch at eight o'clock next morning. It's it's a great feeling. I love it. And everybody should do one. There you go. Well, that's, I, I really appreciate you brother for being so transparent uh, on the interview here um, and talking about these things. And I could see why you're a leader, yeah. uh, why you're a leader of men. So you know, thank you for your service as uh, my sector chief. You're my sector chief. So um, hopefully you get dial up in line over here. Yeah, I got to get on the sector calls. I keep missing them and uh, for no good excuse. So I make a personal vow to you now to do a better job at joining those. Sometimes we're podcasting uh, whenever those meetings are going on just because it tends to be the same night of the week. But I will work to get on those calls, brother. Yeah, we can only take away so many evenings from our M's, right? Yeah. I I did buy some squares from him, though, for the Super Bowl, so... From you did, thank you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Do you want to put a little plug? Out? A, a little plug out for that. Well, yeah, they're, they're sure. not going to hear until afterwards. But yeah. cool thing that you're doing, though. Well, I have a couple of things that are going on in the Pittsburgh region. If uh, anybody cares to hear about them, so uh, the one would be the Super Bowl squares. So we're obviously doing the Super Bowl squares. Uh, we're raising money for a charity called Pulls of Honor, uh, who supports families of fallen veterans. We have a CSOP coming up on April 6th that we're also raising money for. Uh, Bolt of Honor, we're doing a 12-hour ruck event, so you just sign up and see how far you can ruck in 12 hours. You, know, you can bike, you can walk, you can do whatever. So, uh, One of our packs, uh, his name's Gemini, uh, organized that C-Shop, and we felt like the Super Bowl Squares was a good opportunity to try to raise some extra money, so thank you very much, Bella, for buying some squares. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have a, a C-Shop that I started last year called Packs for Packs, uh, we did that on April 14th, right? I think it was 14th, right before, uh, income tax day, uh, eight, one hour beat downs in 12 hours. So we had five boot camps, two running and one rucking workout Ooh. at eight different locations. So, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was hard. Um, you know, basically you work out for an hour and then you have a half hour to get to the next day. go to the bathroom, drink water, whatever you can. Um, it was a lot of fun because, you know, five of us did all eight workouts, uh, but we had a bunch of guys like come throughout the day, you know, help you help be part of it. So it was really a good 
you know, way to have a lot of people be part of a CSOP event without having to be, you know, like go through a grow rock or something. You know what I mean? You could be part of it, be part of the energy uh, without having to go through all of it. So I, I, it was a lot of fun for us. Uh, and we really got a lot of exposure because as you can imagine at 5.30 in the morning, the parks we work out and are not full of people, right? But 2.30 in the afternoon on a Saturday, we got a lot of people wondering who the heck we were and what we were doing, right? Yeah. So. It was, it was a really good way to kind of advertise F3 and at least let people know what we do and where we are. So there's right. a lot of good stuff about it. So I'm excited to do that again. This year as well. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right. You ready for that? That's yeah. some good ideas, man. Yeah. The Stuff for Trying podcast may be interested in that. Yeah. Um, so we ask the last two questions? Yeah. Fire away, man. All right, brother. I don't know if you've listened to how many of these episodes you listen to, if you're ready for this, but we've got two questions to ask you that we ask all of our guests. Uh, the first is, uh, if you had to pick somebody that's sort of like uh, your inspiration, a hero, whatever, it could be somebody from the distant past, somebody that you know, somebody you don't know, whatever, who would you pick? Ugh. Man, I don't know. I, uh, like I said, I got a lot of people that are definitely inspirational, especially in F3, you know. Uh, Sherman, who was the Nantan before me, he's been a very, you know, caring person, checks in on everybody. He's probably EH'd at least 60% of every Pittsburgh. You know, just his heart and his motivation and just how much he cares and checks off. And he's very, very good at being candid. He does not care what comes out of his mouth as long as he 100% believes it and it comes from his heart. So I absolutely love that about him. So he's one of the guys, you know, I mentioned Major Payne, just, you know, somebody that's excellent at everything they do and, and walks around like they, they, you know, they are. I, I just really admire guys like that. And there's so many that I've met throughout, you know, my years in F3 and at DTE. So just anybody that's got the mission in their heart as part of F3 is really who inspires me and who I look up to because it's all, it's all out of their heart. We don't get paid. We don't get any credit. You know, there's no, you know, there's no check or medal. It's all because you're a good person and you care and you want to want to execute the mission. So anybody that has that in their heart is is who I'm inspired by. Well nice. said. Yeah, like yeah, man. There's no material gains to be had. Never had that answer before, but that was good. No, that's a good that's answer. A good answer. Yeah, do it out goodness of our hearts because we believe in it. Yeah. I would have said Jalen Hurts, but he lost the last six games, so I had to go with something new. <laughs> Uh, I know, I know. It hurts. Don't worry. It's going to be better next year. This year. <laughs> sure. All right. Yeah. Keep telling uh, yourself that. Well. Anyway. Um, All right. Last question. Yeah, last question. So, uh, so Maxime, this is your chance to speak to the men of America. What's your message for the men of America? Uh, don't be selfish. Uh, take what you have and give it away. Uh, we absolutely know at least one person who we know is lonely or is out of shape or maybe, maybe you don't think anything's wrong, but I guarantee if you have a conversation with them, like we do in the gloom, you'll find something that's missing in their life that F3 can fill. So simply don't be selfish, give it away and stay positive. Stay positive. Don't be well selfish, said. man. Yep. Give it away. Live third. I love it, man. What'd you say? Be an asset. Be an asset. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, you are an asset, my brother, because you know what, Dylan? We spoke to a high impact man. Another high impact man. Yeah. Yeah, Maxime, it was great. I really appreciate you being on, man, and giving us your time. I thought it was really good, man. Good story. 
good inspiration, good motivation. Men out there should be able to take a lot away from this. So thanks a lot, brother. Appreciate you guys very much. All right. God bless you and go birds. Why is why? Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I would like to thank our guests for joining us and sharing their story of becoming a high impact man. More information and resources can be found at highimpactman.com. If you like this podcast, please consider following us on our social media pages or email us at him at highimpactman.com. That is H-I-M at highimpactman.com. The High Impact Man podcast has a new episode every week, and you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcast platforms. Have a great week, everyone.